what kind of what kind of flyer are you, Corrigan? Because a lot of people are a lot of people are nervous flyers, aren't they? A lot of people mm-hmm. are, you know, breathe in a bag, breathe in a bag, you know, or <laughs> they need like meds to fly. Yeah. What about you? What kind of a flyer are you? Do you I fly often? Do you, do you fly often? I fly very often. Okay. Uh, I mean, in regular times, obviously not for the past year and a half. But mm. uh, no, I fly a lot. Uh, I hate it. I am a very nervous flyer. I don't uh. do the like, I tr- don't do the demonstrative things like the bag thing and stuff like that usually. Yep. Um, but I am definitely a, like if my husband is there, I've got my nails digging into his hand and things like that. And um, I don't like it. I will, before each flight, Google to remind myself what turbulence is and that actually it's totally fine and good and no problem. And, but like, yeah, I hate it. I don't like, I don't like planes. Don't like being on them. Don't want anything to do with them. Cause a plane, I I could teleport. Cause a a plane crash is one of those quintessential moments that 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 no are one wants to find themselves in. talk about plane crashes? I am. Mark, I have to fly in 30 days. Are you seriously going to do no, this? Well, hey, when better to talk about air crashes than now when you've got a flight coming up, right? But oh, I no. guess I guess the question I have to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. Would it be easier, you think, being in a plane crash if you could look around as it was happening and think, this is actually pretty funny. There's some pretty funny elements to this. No. Because, look, you say plane crash and immediately, you, you know, the images that come to mind are never particularly funny, are they? You've got alive, you've got the the eating your fucking, the dead, you've got, hey, 9-11, you know, you've got, most plane crashes aren't funny. But there are some plane crashes that have a kind of a funny side to them. Okay. You know? And... <laughs> I don't know. I, if I was going to go down in a plane crash, if I was going to die in an air accident, I'd like it at least to be recorded in the history books as one which, eh, you know, you could sort of see the funny side of. Sure. Try me, Mark. I'm going to hate this. <laughs> All right. Well, what if, what if I, what if I spoke to you about the 2010 uh, Phil Air crash in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Unfamiliar. I deeply, deeply avoid this stuff. My sister watches a show mm. on National Geographic that's like, how planes crash. And so she's like, does, oh yeah, I watch it when... Yes, uh... so does Laura. They do reenactments of plane crashes <laughs> yeah. to the point where a couple of times Laura uh-uh. said, you know, I could survive a plane crash. She knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. I don't think... Interested. I don't think this particular crash will end up on that show. Um, it was an aircraft which was doing just a standard, just a normal, everyday domestic flight from uh, from Kinshasa in Congo uh, and, and back again. Various kind of domestic stops in Congo. Unfortunately, the aircraft, this particular plane, uh, crashed into a house uh, just one kilometre short of takeoff, right? One kilometer short of the runway. Uh, there were 21 people on board. Unfortunately, only one survived. Um, now, there was no fire. Uh, a lot of people speculated that it, it might have been to do with fuel exhaustion. Aren't you wondering what happened on that flight? I guess. <laughs> the only survivor of that particular aircraft stated... They didn't need a black box. They had a survivor. They had a first-hand survivor's right. view there. 
who stated that one of the passengers in their hand luggage smuggled a fucking crocodile. What? Yeah. Smuggled a bastard crocodile on board the aircraft, which escaped shortly before landing. What? Yeah, an actual crocodile uh, slithers out of this geezer's bag just before landing. And all of the passengers, including flight attendants, rushed from their seats (gasps) away from the crocodile to the front of the aircraft. Oh, no. Causing an horrific imbalance of weight, causing it to plummet to the ground. Fuck the center of gravity uh, led to what is described as an irrecoverable loss of control. Holy shit. I said there was one survivor. There were actually two. Was it the crocodile? It was the motherfucking crocodile. The (laughs) crocodile survived the crash. The Uh, crocodile's just like, hey, what happened? (laughs) Hey, what the fuck? (laughs) I was sleeping. Where'd everybody go? Yeah, the crocodile survived, um, but was reportedly killed by a machete shortly after. Somebody found it and killed the motherfucker. Oh, well, yeah. I feel like, okay, that's yeah. on the person who brought the crocodile and it, not the crocodile. It is. It should it not is. be punished for just crocodiling. Yes, um, it is. Okay, um, that is absurd. And okay, because that I feel confident is never going to happen to me. I know that's your take on it. My take is <laughs> you can never plan for that, can you? Guess not. You know? <laughs> Nobody plans for loose crocodile. You can never plan for that. You can never plan for that. But there are others. You know, there are others. Not every okay. not every air crash has to be, oh, you know, there's, there's there, there are more Joag air crashes than that. For example, in uh, 2009, this one, nobody died, right? No one died in this. Oh, good. Okay. Great. Uh, this Love is... this story so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is actually quite a heartwarming tale. Um, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture of a wedding for you, okay? And what you know, one of the most quintessential, you know, long-lived traditions of a wedding. What you do, you yeet the bouquet behind you, and whoever uh-huh. catches the bouquet, bridesmaid or whatever, is you know uh, the next to be wed. Now, this wedding in Tuscany in 2009, uh, the bride responsible for arranging the wedding decided to be a little bit extra, and rather than throwing the bouquet herself. Entrusted uh, the pilot of a light aircraft okay. to do a flyby of the wedding, to fly over the wedding, and to discard the bouquet from the light aircraft onto the wedding party. What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, pff, any number of things, I'm sure. Well, I mean, what <laughs> did go wrong was that the pirate, uh, the, pi- <laughs> the pirate, the pilot, <laughs> one Isidoro Pensieri, uh, threw the bouquet as arranged. From the plane, which was then immediately sucked back into the engines. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Flower strike, um, <laughs> which caused his plane to crash. No one died. Uh, the pilot suffered some broken legs, but some broken legs. Some I mean, it's a maximum of, of two. Legs were broken. <laughs> um, walked away. Raises anyway. more questions than it answers. Yes, he did. He did. Um, oh no. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And like. This, you know, I've had friends who've done things with like gender reveals with airplanes and stuff mm. like that. And it just, I just, I don't get it. A, I don't get 
like spending that much money on something that makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Uh, and B, just not going to risk it with the planes. Uh, going to do it. I don't want this to turn into a rant, so let's not talk about gender reveals. Fucking hell, do they <laughs> wind me the fuck up? Yeah, it's a another. That's a whole other Joag topic right there. It really is. People really have is. died in mm. multiple gender reveals. They have. They just have. to tell us about Wait. genitals. <laughs> to tell us about genitals. The final one. The final one. Uh, okay. It 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 does involve death, but not many. Just just two. Um, okay. In the states in 1991. Uh, a flying lesson went wrong. Uh, uh, a flying lesson between a 45-year-old pilot, a lady by the name of uh, Linda Keith, was giving a flying lesson to a guy by the name of Carl Terry. And just as they took off, the flight was witnessed coming to a crash. Uh, to quote an eyewitness, a guy by the name of Willis Markham, I was sitting in my truck parked along a field on a farm when I just happened to look up and see the plane just before the explosion. Is this like mid-Atlantic accent? Yeah. Since 1940? Uh, yes. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was busy prospecting for gold. I don't know. I couldn't tell if the explosion came from the engineer inside the plane. After the explosion, the plane started circling for a moment before it hit the ground. Now, further examination of the wreckage, right? Checking out the wreckage found two bodies, two occupants, both undressed. No. With the seats reclined. Why? Well, I think it's pretty obvious why. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know why. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how you would think that that wouldn't end in a crash. Mm. That's what I mean by why. <laughs> what? The uh, the investigation cited and quote improper in flight decision. Yeah, I'll say. Caused the plane to enter a dive. Uh, the speed tore off a wing, opened it up like a like a can opener, in the words of the sheriff investigating <laughs> the flight. Okay. I'd like I to think. I also feel confident that's never going to happen to me. Hey, listen, talk, so... I, 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 I want to say that lust aside, it was overconfidence which caused that one. I mean, the 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 tutor had four hundred and seventy hours of flight time. Four, you know, the the. She was 45, he was 59. They would surely know better. You would think. I mean, especially because, like, this was shortly after takeoff, right? Yep, yep, yep. yeah. So they couldn't even wait. Nope. Like, okay, let's make sure, like, whatever. I don't know how autopilot or whatever works, but I feel like you should be in the mm. air before you depend on it. Like, they were just like, nope, we are this exact amount of horny. Yeah. We cannot wait for this plane to be flying. We need to, like, go. Sort of makes you suspect that the flight was arranged for that purpose, does it not? Maybe. That could be. I mean, but, again, I'd think you'd at least give yourself time to, like, finish mm. before plummeting? Guess not. But then I guess maybe you'd change your mind. Things, mm. are, things are different after. So listen, alligators, flowers. Alligators. Intercourse. As long as you stay away from those three, at least those won't go down on the cause of death. All right. I feel okay about this. Good. I'm glad. Oh, I was very, very worried. At least I got an <laughs> accent in there. I do like doing funny American voices. It was, yeah, it was very, like, 1940s, mid-Atlantic sort of thing happening there. Right. The voice that I decide to give American characters in my head is... <laughs> 
based entirely on how I picture them. Sure. How did, how did this guy look? And I know this guy was a farmer, so mm-hmm. he has, like, dungarees, and he's got, like, a hat. Yeah, well, it's on a plane. <laughs> that, that, that. See, that sounds, that sounds like what I would imagine, and yet you went with, like, Cary Grant. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it was an odd choice. But a choice nonetheless. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, (laughs) I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Welcome, 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 all of you. All of you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're listening to Jack of All Graves. Now in its uh, second and year and two weeks, we're still here because we fucking love it. It's true. We're still here because we fucking love the thrill it gives us, the way it wraps off our week, the way it welcomes in the week to come, the way it allows us to sit and pause, the way it allows us to reflect chew over, exercise, if you will, some of the darker, more worrisome and troubling thoughts that we may have picked up during our, uh, our respective weeks. You're listening yeah. to Jack of All Graves, but we'd still be here even if you weren't. Because this, my friends, is the Joag journey. We're on it. We're fucking flying the plane. We are but a kilometre away from landing. There's an alligator in my bag. There's flowers all up in our fucking turbines. And we're crashing hard. And you're all along for the fucking journey. That makes it sound less fun than I like to think this podcast is. But nonetheless, that was a very evocative intro, Mark, and I appreciated it. You're welcome, as always. <laughs> How are you doing today, Mark Lewis? Do you know, um, I've... I, I said this to my darling, long-suffering wife, Laura, earlier on. I have made a conscious decision today to attempt... I'm going to try something new. I'm going to consciously decide... To approach the coming week in a positive frame of mind and see where it gets me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna... Who is this man who sits uh, before me? I don't know, but I'm gonna push it right, right down even further than I normally do. And <laughs> I'm going to try to rip into this week all fucking smiles and optimism and positivity. I love that for you. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I don't ever really decide my moods and obviously right. i'm fond of saying that hey animal kingdom we're the only ones who can i don't right i obviously don't listen to my own fucking podcast because i never <laughs> do it um <laughs> so yes i'm gonna i'm gonna try yeah to stay positive this week sometimes that's all you can do you know i've definitely had those points where i'm just like ugh, mm. like everything just feels terrible i'm gonna have to force it that's all I've got in me is to be like, you know what? Yeah. Just smile. Just bring that thing. Yeah. Bring that thing up and see what we can do and see if I can be like, yes, I got this. I'm going to yeah. power through. Everything is great. Yeah. I can do anything good. Life is good. And yes. see if it works. And they sometimes say, it does. They say, fake it till you make it. So maybe if I fake it long mm. enough, it'll work. And I'll, and I'll start to fucking forget that I'm faking it. And I'll end up just feeling cool. Exactly. By That's mistake. Fake it till, my, till you make it is my entire life motto. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. In every element yeah. of it. So I feel great about this for you, Mark. I think it's going to be a great week. Yeah. Year two of Joag is going to be fucking super optimistic, right? 
Oh, yeah. We've had the pandemic year. Let's put that in the books, right? Sure. This is this is act two of Jack of All Graves. This is season two. The one where we were drunk and fucking uh, wanted to just end the world a few weeks back, right? <laughs> sure. Push it. Lock it up in a box. Because season two. This is season two of Joag. And it's the one. It's the season where uh, I try my best to pretend everything's cool. Oh, boy. This is exciting. It I is, love it. it. We've got a theme. It's it happening. Yeah. It's like there's a new uh, showrunner. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. They've decided on a new arc for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've read the notes. I've, I've got my script delivered. I'm like, what the fuck? Ugh. Oh, no, wait. I'm going to try it out. Yeah. I love this. We'll, we'll check check in on this journey each week. Good. And, uh, and see how it's doing. How is your domestic situation? Ugh. It's, you know, we have now... The basement had so much more damage than... I even expected. Mm. Um, and so when the guys came in, they started, you know, pulling it apart and they were pulling my panels. They were like, you can already see the black mold forming uh, on everything. And uh, so they, yeah, not only pulled up the floor, they pulled up, pulled off all the walls and all of that stuff too. So it's really just like, looks like anybody's basement down there at this point, which is yeah, I mean, Wild. I've seen photos of it, and <laughs> mm-hmm. it it looks like uh, it looks like the picture that might accompany like a four paragraph horror story on Reddit. Yes, it very much does. You know what I mean? <laughs> All that's missing is like a dimly lit, creepy face in the background. Yeah, it looks like something terrible happened to someone in that basement. It's for absolutely sure because there's still a few remnants of our life. That are down there too. That sort of poke out of the wreckage of it all. Yeah. So it has a very creepy vibe, and I keep on like putting in a load of laundry, and then being like, "Uh, I don't want to go down there." <laughs> it's just so creepy and loud. There's all these fans and stuff like that blowing down there as well. So it's and there's one thing down there that beeps, and I haven't. It's just far enough oh, that, apart the yeah. beeps that you don't adjust to it <laughs> that's infuriating and so i and i'll be down there going corrigan you know it's gonna beep you know you don't need to freak out it's it's going to beep it's fine but then it's like the fucking jack-in-the-box like you're it's the anticipation and it's worse and so i like squeak a little every time listen has anyone but you heard it okay to be fair uh, i haven't asked yeah you might want to. <laughs> Mom? <laughs> um, that's a good question. <clears throat> but also, like, just like one of those weird insult to injury sort of things on top of having, like, a terrible birthday because my basement was being pulled apart mm. and, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, I have an electric toothbrush. Good. And I think in the rush of... <laughs> in the rush of, like, just trying to get things out and stuff, there's stuff that I just threw away. And one of those things is that I have a habit of keeping cords just in case, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. you have oh, like... Oh, same, just, same, same, yes. Yeah, you always have like a box of cables I or like it. a drawer full of cables. I love it. And so I was like, I don't need any of these and tossed them. And I think the cord to my toothbrush was in there. I've been using that toothbrush for like six months and never needed Shit. to charge it. Shit. And it died. Shit. It died. Like, no. I looked online. I was like, there's no, like, you can't just buy the cable. It nope. doesn't come on its own. It's going to be some proprietary 
connector mm-hmm. that they only made for that specific model of toothbrush, which exactly. ceased production in you know two thousand and four. Yeah. You can still get the toothbrush; it's just part of like a ninety dollar package that I feel like I don't want to get just for a cable that I'm missing. So. What did occur to me? Uh, obviously, what a fucking pain in the ass about your toothbrush. But the, there was a, there's a little tiny sound clip from about 40 seconds ago. If you're going, I have an electric toothbrush, which I think would be really good in our opening tune. No context at all. Good. Riveting content from Jack of All Graves. I preferred us when we were depressed. Optimistic Joag sucks. Let's talk about toothbrushes. But if you want to. Um, give me a birthday present slash cheer up present after all of this and you're listening right now. Yep. Hit pause for one second and go write us a nice little Apple podcast review. I keep saying this at the end of the podcast and I feel like people like turn off the end of podcasts. Um, but yeah, if you've got like a second, just like drop us some stars. Mm. I don't even think you have to write a review to do that part. You can just drop some stars and that'd Mm. be great. But also we love reading um what you say about us the really nice things that you write there too so it would make me very happy and make my um horrible week better if you would do that for us how can you not do that after she's asked so nicely right please please cheer me up please every so often Um, right um i'll see like a new name commenting on something that we've put on our facebook group or i'll see a new Name yeah. I've not seen before, uh, liking something of ours on Twitter, and I I love it. Right, I just think, hey, yeah, this is the start of our friendship. Yeah. This is the start of the Joag journey for this person. Yes, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so. I I had somebody giving me props for Joag this week on fucking LinkedIn of all places. Uh, so <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> what? So uh, hello, Dan <laughs> Jones. It's lovely to hear from you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Also, before we move on, I want to make sure that I announce that I have picked a date for book club uh, and it seemed to work for people on the Instagram. And that is September 25th. So it will be um, 8 p.m. GMT, 3 p.m. EST, noon Pacific time. Uh, And if you're not in any of those time zones, you're going to have to figure out for yourself. Again, we're reading A Head Full of Ghosts. And honestly, I've already picked the next book and I will tell you what it's going to be when you get there. Who chose A Head Full of Ghosts? Who chose that? I mean, it was a group effort, I think. Uh, Someone had mentioned that they really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it, it might have come up in the interview with Grady Hendrix. I'm not entirely sure, but it was definitely sort of a group thing um that we came to Mm. but i have a book i really want to read next month so i will announce what that is at our book club good yes which mark will not attend but that's okay (laughs) i'm just i'm just not super enthusiastic about it that's all (laughs) it's fine it's not everybody's it's not everybody's bag i've got all of the the joag verse exactly of nerds with me exactly uh along on this so that's totally fine i mean we'll miss you and whatnot but good what have we watched this week mr lewis so lovely surprise uh we saw a film called we have to do something i think it was we need to do something shit (laughs) <laughs> you so wanted to get that right I really did A film because... called We Need to Do Something yeah. So I don't know if I've mentioned on Joag before right But uh, there's lots of things that I love When a movie does a particular thing right 
and uh, we need to do something is one of those which ticks the box for me of hang on if i took this screenplay and these characters and this environment and changed the medium changed the format and put it on stage would it still work and this mm-hmm. film would ah oh, it would be a wonderful wonderful play in a nice Absolutely. little intimate kind of art house theater um to use you know multimedia and some wonderful sound design and some wonderful kind of projection techniques it would be a banging banging stage show so um we need to do something tells the tale of a family mother father brother and sister who become trapped in a uh, tra- is it their own bathroom it's their own bathroom their own very nice huge bathroom during the mother of all storms right during this absolutely fucking gigantic destructive cataclysmic storm uh the the door to the outside world is blocked and things just start to unravel and in the first 20 minutes i was like oh, okay but then <laughs> lo and behold it shifts up a gear and becomes fucking really compelling really interesting um what were your thoughts you enjoyed it as much as i did yes yeah i definitely did i really i liked it a lot i think you know it started and i hadn't checked out as much in the beginning of it as you had i don't think it was it definitely did have sort of a family drama thing that i was like this could get real Mm. boring and talky Mm. if it doesn't you know pick up soon but i think you know, building these characters and the sort of relationship they had with each other. Yeah. Really, it like you said, it was very theatrical. It was something that you could see on a stage, and I felt like I could imagine Certainly. Um, that entire early part of it as, as something in a stage show and be very riveted by it. And then it ramps up, and it really gets, I mean, weird violence, weird yeah, supernatural yeah, yeah. It, happenings. It speaks like... to a couple of our previous topics you know there's some occult Mm. stuff in there there's some psychological delusion uh going Mm. on in there um even cotard's delusion even gets a little shout out there's there's cotard in there there's some cannibalism possibly there's some implied cannibalism towards the end uh and it's a great time it just elegantly writes off uh being able to use a phone i mean there are two mobile phones in that fucking room and it gets them right out of the way early on there's no signal on this fucking thing done yes and one just dropped out the door yep beautiful and (laughs) and i mean this ticks three boxes for you really it's got your plane thing it doesn't tick that last box okay after i've reflected on this right and i i think it was intentional oh absolutely Yes. Right? I think it was intentional. (laughs) Twice they tease me. And me only. Me specifically. Yes. By saying the name of the film, but just getting a word wrong. (laughs) Not quite. Just just getting one fucking word. And I wanted to, you know, DiCaprio. um, But it, yeah, it gave me say the title. Uh, There's a word for that. What's the word for it? For saying the title? No, no, no. For teasing me oh. with it and then pulling oh, it back. Oh, I see. Uh... <laughs> the only word that popped into my head was cock tease. And that's not the that's word not that we're the... looking for. It's not, but it's that's that. It. They cock tease me that. by saying the title. Yes. 
We have to do something is a great laugh and I thoroughly recommend it's, it. We need to do something. Uh, and that's what they say. We have to do something. <laughs> say, uh, you motherfucker. Have... You couldn't have just said the title, could you? But no. I, I think that was intentional. Yeah, just and it gets to fuck with you. My respect. Indeed. Yeah. So I would I would say we need to do something is a worthwhile flick to watch. Yeah. Um, There's a guy I follow on Twitter and you actually posted one of this guy's designs recently. And I I don't think he does them anymore. But for a while, he had a a, a web store where he sold T-shirts that misquoted films and they're fucking (laughs) brilliant. Yeah. They're so good. Um, uh, In space, no one can hear you scream in space. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The one that I posted was I was at a party uh, like... I don't need like six or seven years ago and my dear friend Seth came to this party and he was wearing this shirt that I like did not pay super attention to the whole night. And then we sat down and I looked at it and it said, get to the helicopter. <laughs> and th- I was like, that's not the quote. And then I was like, and also is that picture from Commando. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and he was Fucking like, yes, yes stuff. it is. Oh my God. It's so brilliant because yeah, you could just look at it and ignore it. And then, you're huh? like, wait, this, hold on. <laughs> this something about that which hits that, just so childish. Yeah. But really funny. In the same, <laughs> it's not the same thing at all, right? But in the same way, there was a teacher at a school I used to work at, right? By the name of Mr. Cripps. Okay. Right? And Crips. obviously the kids would call him Mr. Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's comedy. I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's fucking stupid. But it, it's just childish enough mm-hmm. to be funny. Yeah, because it's not it's not vulgar or nope. anything like that. It's nope. like just like his name kind of sounds like crisps. Way therefore, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and that, I I I don't think enough exploration has been done. I don't think enough real forensic deep dive has been done enough into that spot of comedy that mm. very narrow very particular because there's a million fucking you know on on one end of the child you got freddie got fingered up the one end as it were <laughs> and then at the other end but you've got sh- like sued comedy but in the middle there's this just fucking childish for childish's sake just because it's funny right. kind of you know and, and that's that's i love that it's a really nice spot why were we talking about that uh Mis- oh, because if we need t-shirts. to do something, yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah, slight, yeah. slightly wrong, yeah, quotes is why, yeah. So all that to say, check out the slightly wrong T-shirts, and we need to do something, and you'll have a good time. I also this week watched another movie that had the same guy from We Need to Do Something, whose name I should have looked up but didn't think about till just now. The dad. Um. So the dad mm. from We Need to Do Something is in a 2012 joint. Um, called Cheap Thrills, which I wanted to watch for ages because it has my boy Ethan Embry in it, and I, you know, would follow him to the edges of the earth. But also, he could be in some... It's like Elijah Wood, where, like, sometimes he's in stuff that I'm like, it just... It might squeak squeak me out a bit, mm. and I'm going to need to be, like, in exactly the right frame of mind yes. before I watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, and so I decided I was in the mood for Cheap Thrills. Um, and Cheap Thrills is a bu- about a guy who is about to lose his house. He's about to be evicted, uh-huh. um, and he owes, like, $14,000 or something like that on his mortgage or his rent, whatever the case may be. And he goes out with his friend, played by Ethan Embry, 
and they are sort of talking about this. He's an old friend. They haven't seen each other in a long time. And they end up encountering this couple uh, who are like insanely rich yeah. and start issuing them various dares, okay. essentially escalating dares uh, that and then paying the money for it. So it starts with sort of like, um, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks if you go over and slap that waitress's ass. And, you know, that's where okay. this game kind of begins to these increasingly, increasingly more dangerous, more violent yeah. kinds of dares uh, that ends up sort of like driving a wedge between these friends. And then there's all this like internal conflict and all this stuff happening. And it's super good. Everyone mm. in it is great. Um, there's some parts that are really icky and hard to watch. Uh, but not as many as I thought there were. I think I thought it was going to be a lot worse. So for the past decade, I have not watched this movie because I was like, oh, is yeah. it going to be, am I going to throw up? I closed my eyes a few times, but overall, it is an extremely worthwhile, extremely tense movie uh, that is, yeah, I super recommend. Elijah Wood has won my respect over the last <laughs> decade, I think. Um, he's very it feels as though he's made career choices specifically to wash the frodo stink off him you know <laughs> but like also i mean if you think about like his life his career since being a small child yep. like lord of the rings obviously was like a 10 year span of his life that probably for a lot of people is what he's known for yeah but then if you go back before that you know he had like things like north Mm. Uh, which is kind of a very dark, but I mean, it's a kid's movie essentially, but it's dark. The Good Son? Like, mm, not that seen either is... of those, actually. Oh, you've never seen The Good Son? No. Oh, you have to watch that. Right. That is, okay, that is, I loved it when I was a kid, but I also was not allowed to watch it. I was obsessed with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And, uh,. He was in this movie and my mom's like, um, no, that's a horror movie. You're not going to watch this. So, of course, I found a way. But uh, Elijah Wood moves in with his family, his like, I think his parents die or something of that nature. Uh -huh. And so Elijah Wood is his cousin uh, and he moves in with him and his sister and his mom and dad. And it turns out that like. Macaulay Culkin is this sociopathic child, um, but he's super manipulative. Mm. So he always manages, like he does like really creepy, terrible things, but he manages to like turn it around. So it looks like he's basically gaslighting Elijah Wood the whole time nice, and making nice, himself nice, nice. look like the good son to yeah. his mom while he's doing all this terrible stuff. Uh, and again, this is like a escalating and escalating. So it starts with these like small creepy things he does yeah. to like bonkers through the roof wildness in it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really good. Sold, 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 sold. Yeah. It's like the early nineties or something in, in that very, mm -hmm. that range. And yeah, I loved it when I was a kid mm -hmm. and I mean, I still love it now. It holds up. Nice. Does he come to daddy? <laughs> I did see Come to Daddy. Did yes. we watch that together? No. I watched it like a couple months ago and you had already seen it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Elijah Wood, I think that like, I look at Lord of the Rings as like a diversion from <laughs> the rest of his career. And he has really leaned into horror, especially, and from every element, you know, whether he's 
acting in it, directing it, producing it, whatever. Mm. That seems to be like where his his love really lies. Yeah. No. Good guy. Yes. Uh, and I watched with Scream and Chat this week, Intruder. <laughs> now that's great. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. It's a great laugh. I don't understand this. I mean, I do to an extent. So we were watching this in Scream and Chat, mm. and for most of that movie. I think everyone in the chat was like, this is like there. What? Why do people like this? This is there's nothing to this movie that would in any way redeem it. Aside from occasionally after like an hour of it, you start to get like some pretty brutal and cool and creative kills. Yes. Um, But it takes a long time to get there. And it's really bad on every level up until that point. And then the like last 15 minutes is fun. I feel as though I got it's... a lot of insight into the workings of an American supermarket. I don't know if I would <laughs> say that. You know, you had the guy with the melons, you had the meat sure. guy. I thought I could, yeah, I could have got a job there after the, after watching it. <laughs> you felt really prepared hmm. for an American supermarket. I don't know that it's not a documentary, that's for sure. But no, I mean, it was, I don't, yeah, I think it was like a huge waste of time for an hour and 10 minutes of it. And then there's 15 minutes of it where it's like the villain when you find out who he is mm. and the lead are going all out, man. They are acting like yes, yes, they're yes, acting yes. for their lives. Yeah. And it's crazy. And, and there are good kills in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> it's just... Whew. It's it a, a it's a it's a time capsule, isn't it? I mean, it's one of <laughs> only two or three other films where my favorite hick in the world from Evil Dead Two makes another appearance. Hey, Valid. one thing you've got to say about Sam Raimi—he finds jobs for his mates. I'm rewatching his True. Spider-Man's with my boys, uh, as in my children, not like my my boys, and <laughs> he's in Spider-Man Two. Oh, really? Yes, he is. Your your oh, geezer okay. from Intruder. He's on the train, that epic train scene uh, where the fight with Doc Ock, he pops up in that scene in Spider-Man 2. And I was delighted to see him. Well, and Bruce Campbell turns up at the very end of Intruder, which is super confusing because if you look Intruder up on anything, Hmm. Bruce Campbell is top billing (laughs) for this movie. So the whole time I was like, is he gonna... No. Is he gonna show up? Is he the killer? Like, what's going when does bruce campbell come into this oh I mean, not that it is a sam raimi oh, okay. film is it rob tappet is it him i'm not entirely sure but i mean in 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 every way that counts he's all over it um <laughs> yes it just it didn't do it for me hmm. um until that ending of it and i will give props to the end of that movie the reveal on but up until then it was like what this is uh, th- so poorly acted, so poorly shot, so poorly scored, so poorly scripted. I seem to remember being quite into the to the story of the kids in the supermarket. <laughs> I seem to remember quite enjoying it. This has to have been like a like a curiosity thing, like oh, this, this American, American yeah, 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 their, yes. their store, yes. <laughs> That's fair. Hmm. Um, didn't do it for me, but I'm glad you enjoy it. And people seem to. I think it's like, it's got over a three on um, Letterboxd. So mm-hmm. it has its place. It just didn't didn't work for me. I've been 
desperate to find some time for Malignant this week. I'm I'm certain I'll get yep. to that over the I next week. I think my mom is watching that downstairs right now. Oh, cool. Because uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm almost hesitant to say this because I I I fear the backlash. But I've always Uh-oh. found I found James Wan a little bit overrated up to now. Ooh. But so you know, so many people you know are crediting him with with a new horror renaissance. Um, I mean, I think you you can credit him with that even if you don't enjoy it because I mean yes, he's hugely right. influential. You are right. You are right. <laughs> There's whether you enjoy watching James Wan movies or mm. not, hugely in- influential to horror and how much horror mainstream horror is being made yeah. right now. Yes. I mean, yeah, we have him to thank for a lot of it. I enjoy his movies. This seems like a very polarizing one. I've seen people on both ends of this. Like yeah. this is horrible terrible why would anyone enjoy watching this movie to like this is one of the greatest but what modern is, horrors i've ever seen what is coming through loud and clear is you know i i love it when hey much like our boy elijah wood when people take the fucking studio money from a tent pole and use it to make mm-hmm. littler more fun stuff nicholas cage for example right you know what i mean he's spending his fucking national treasure bucks on making pigs yeah <laughs> which is great have you yeah. gotten to that yet no i still have not because somebody told me it isn't in fact john wick with a pig that was me i told you that there you go which would look great <laughs> on the poster not john wick with a pig not john wick with a pig despite what you may think corrigan jack of all graves yep oh man there. i'd love us to get quoted on a poster how do we do that someday just, someday just keep saying quotable shit about films that's it that's i feel like we should just get to know someone who makes those posters. Yeah. Because, like, honestly, I swear half the time when you see, like, who is quoted on something like that, it's like, what publication well, yeah, is that? Exactly. Who is that person? Exactly. So With the democratization of media, you know, you don't need to be, yeah. you know, insert fucking, you don't need to be um, uh, Roger Ebert. That's yeah? a person. There you go. To get to get picked to be on a movie poster now, anybody, anybody. Has Especially a since he's dead, but you know. Oh, is he? Are they both dead? They're both dead now. Okay. One of my friends, who um, he does great videos on the Wisecrack Network. Mm. Um, I've sent you the Rick and Morty ones from there before. Yeah, I actually watched that. Uh, he is marrying Gene Siskel's daughter. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. So he's been, apparently there was something, I think a podcast just came out about Siskel and Ebert that he's been Well, I feel like he's really our good. guy then, isn't he? How well do you know his, his wife? Oh, I've never met his wife. I've, uh, I only know him. Okay. You know, oh, you know him, though? Yeah. Right, give him a ring. <laughs> if, you, if you could. <laughs> to put us on a poster? Yeah. All right, so, we'll uh, uh, that would be That would be a, a, a kind of a, a childhood dream realized. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. Listen, we came here to talk about some animals and animals. <laughs> that was not i wasn't intentionally saying animals that was just my tongue got tied animals we came here to talk about animals and chew bubblegum and we're all out of bubblegum mm. so let's talk about some animals and this topic came about because someone asked me um months ago if I had ever heard of horror frogs, uh, and I had not, but I made a note to look it up at a later date. Um, and then, like, two weeks ago or whatever, I did. And holy hell, 
I believe you are somewhat familiar with the horror frog or Trichobatrachus robustus or the hairy frog, Mark. Right, I am. And I'll tell you something else, right? I know that you I know that you're a frogophile, right? You fucking love a frog. I love don't frogs. You? Yes. Um There's all fucking manner of crazy frogs out there, and I don't mean the crazy yeah. frog. Did you ever get the crazy frog? <laughs> We did. I right. was about to start singing, but then I realized no. I think I'm singing the hamster dance. So is that the crazy frog? That's hamster dance. That's hamster dance. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Crazy frog. I'm not going to do it. Um, but yes, <laughs> I the... remember it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. Frog kind is as alien as anything you would find in a movie. They are yes. frogs doing all manner of shit, and the hairy frog is. Talk for those of us who don't. For those who might be listening, and, and like hairy frog, shut up. What is? We, we're talking specifically here about defense mechanisms, aren't we? About yes. Uh, half of the shit we're about to talk about completely flies in the face of any kind of intelligent design. Surely, what god is going to come up with any of this fucking madness? I mean, the hairy frog, firstly, looks like it sounds. Yes, it does. Yeah, and I will explain why it looks like that, which is super gross, mm. to be honest with you. But first of all, um, the hairy frog is basically like the wolverine of the animal kingdom. Exactly. And by that, it, like, I mean X-Men wolverine. I realize there's actually like a wolverine <laughs> in the animal kingdom. But <laughs> this is like X-Men wolverine. Uh, at rest, the hairy frog, like, on a good day... Not during mating season, not threatened. Looks like a pretty normal frog. It's got a normal frog body. It's got normal frog feet. Everything is kosher. Mm. But on the inside, some weird shit is happening. So inside of its hind feet, there is a mass of connective tissue. And according to, to new scientists, a chunk of collagen forms a bond between the claw's sharp point and a small piece of bone at the tip mm. of the frog's toe. So good. So what scientists think happened, and by the way, they're not entirely sure because they've never seen this happen with a live hairy frog. They've only studied dead frogs to figure out what the heck is going on here. Yeah. Um, they think that when the frog is attacked, it contracts the muscle of the foot, mm -hmm. which pulls the claw downwards, causing the sharp point to break away from the bony tip and cut through the toe pad. Presto, inside claw becomes outside claw by straight bursting through its skin. I mean, it's not even like Wolverine. That is literally what it's doing. It it's is literally Popping Wolverine. bone out of its fucking foot and using it as a weapon. Yeah, yeah which is just metal so, as fuck so for a start. Gross. It's so metal, so gross. Um, sounds extremely painful. Mm. Uh <laughs> but I guess you got to do what you got to do. Yep. They like the scientists also haven't figured out like there's no muscle in there mm. that would pull the claw back. So they think that it just kind of like once the frog stops freaking out and stops tensing its muscle, it just slides back in and oh, then the tissue so around good. it, the tissue around it regenerates yeah. just like Wolverine. Yeah. It's wild. But <laughs> these guys are also massively weird looking yeah. on a bad day, aside from the claws poking through its skin. From a certain when... angle. I mean, Wolverine has got like long, hairy kind of sideburns, yeah. doesn't he? 
he's he might be a hairy frog. It's it it is in every way you would care to mention it is the Wolverine of frogs. Yeah. So when hairy frogs get to breeding time, mm. they quote produce long hair-like strands of skin and arteries. So this isn't hair. I mean, in a sense, hair is skin, right? Mm-hmm. It's like skin cells, but this is skin and arteries in strand form growing off of the back of this frog, which are thought to allow them to take in more oxygen through their skin Mm. when they take care of their brood. So essentially, they grow weird, hairy gills. Oh, I love it. So they're frogs with hairy gills and claws that burst through their feet in a moment's notice, which, by the way... You can find these little fellas in Cameroon. Nice. Where they're actually hunted and eaten, albeit very carefully. Because, uh, hey, you know, when you live in a place uh, where lakes randomly blow up and kill whole villages out of nowhere, why not eat a terrifying X-Men frog? Mm. Makes me wonder, you know, if it can regenerate uh, and it, it has Wolverine skills, could we coat it? With fucking metal, could we put metal on its skeleton? We we make an adamantium hairy frog? Weapon F. Is what you're asking? (laughs) I suppose. Relatedly, there's another amphibian called the Spanish ribbed newt. Mm. Did you come across this at all in your travels? Uh, It has a similar trick elsewhere, doesn't it? Uh, It does, yes. Uh, when the newt becomes agitated or perceives a threat, it swings its ribs forward, increasing mm. their angle to the spine by up to 50 degrees. As it does this, the newt keeps the rest of its body sk- still, and the forward motion of the ribs increases the body size and stretches the skin to the point of piercing it. Wow. By the way, the zoologist explaining this is named Egon Heiss. Of course. I love that. Of course, it's Egon. So the tips of the newt's rib then stick outside its body like exposed spines. As it does this, it also secretes a poisonous milky substance over its body. So the one-two punch of sudden spines and poison is highly effective in getting any predator to fuck off, Mm. especially once it's in the predator's mouth. And somehow this does not seem to do any harm to the newt at all, which I don't understand. At first, researchers thought maybe it was like they send their spines up through pores, you know, so like, oh, maybe there's already holes and they just poke them through that. And Mm. that's what they're doing. But nope, it's not that they're going straight through puncturing the skin. Uh, But much like our hairy frog, Mm. like many uh, different amphibians, they just have amazingly regenerative skin and it just heals itself afterwards. A common trope in science fiction. I mean, uh, there are many stories where, you know, the the regenerative capabilities of animals like the axolotl, (coughs) like your lad there, Mr. Piercy fucking ribs, are used to try and, you know, give powers or regenerative capabilities to humans. I love it. Yeah, frogs in general, right? You know... A wild array of frogs, and they are capable of some mad shit. Um, one, uh, just back to frogs really briefly, there's a species of wood frog, um, which uh, during the height of winter, what this frog does to survive the harsh climate, it, it allows its body to become frozen by pumping 
a, a kind of a really large amount of a glucose-rich fluid into its own veins from a gland, which negates the formation of ice crystals. It generates its own fucking antifreeze to avoid Whoa. freezing to death. That's bizarro. Isn't it? And again, <laughs> just an, that's just another frog. Incredible. Wild. That's incredible. How does that... I mean, honestly, these kinds of things... Yeah. How can anyone not be just amazed yeah. by evolution? Yeah. Like, what? how many millions of years did it take to create frog antifreeze? Yeah, absolutely. And and we share the planet at the same time as this fucking incredible species generating its own glucose-based uh, antifreeze. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, <laughs> that that feels like quite an elegant method of self-preservation, mm. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the author Ian M. Banks. He's a sci-fi author, but yes. there you go. Um, he talks about a phase of evolution where humans can gland their own hallucinogenics and psychogenic compounds from their own body. Um, but... <laughs> Do we get that just because we're so miserable, we eventually need to be able to make ourselves high at any given time? Yeah, exactly. Well, pretty much exactly that. But there, there, are, there are plenty of animals with defense mechanisms which are altogether less elegant mm, yes um i mean we all love a sea cucumber don't we <laughs> sea cucumbers are so gross they are they're fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> um what if i told you that the sea cucumber has probably on paper the most disgusting defense mechanism i think and and do please boffins do please prove me wrong but i i can't think of another animal that would if threatened and I'm quoting here uh, from uh, interestingengineering.com. The sea cucumber can eject its own sticky intestines out of its anus. It will shit its guts out on predators. Um, what if I told you I've seen it happen? No. What in real life? Yes. Amazing. Monterey Bay Aquarium. Yeah. When some douchebag in my class... Pushed on one too hard, even though we were warned not to do that, because it's incredibly stressful. Because it will shit its guts out at you. Yeah, like you know, it's a cool, it's a weird, cool, gross thing, I guess, when you're like a teenage boy or whatever. Mm. Um, but also very stressful to the sea cucumber. But he had to try it out, and mm. so he stressed the sea cucumber out, and. Bleh. But again, so gross. But again, every time it does this, around six weeks later, it will regrow any organs. That it kind of defends shat out at predators. <laughs> man, oh man. I'm starting to feel like humans have really deficient bodies. Well, they're only going to get more so, aren't they? You I know, guess. Gone are the days when we have to shit anything out to, to deter attackers. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to... Was that a thing at some point in human evolution? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no further no just further yes. qualification mm -hmm. needed just yes it was I'll take it. well i uh, another like gross one like I love that them. i love them uh in july of 2017 a wreck on an oregon highway mm. caused the road and at least one car to become covered in slime oh cool so much slime it required a small bulldozer to come and clear it yeah the cause 
was an overturned truck carrying a load of hagfish, also known as slime eels, which were bound for Korea, where they are something of a delicacy. And hagfish, I mean, everything about a hagfish is gross. Have you ever seen one? Uh, Yes, I have. I have. They're vile. They're kind of, they've got these kind of proboscises. Yeah, Yeah, the weird little Mm. like tentacly nose things over like kind of a lamprey Mm. eel looking mouth with like rows of sharp teeth. And then they look like like an eel mixed with a mole rat. Like yes. Like a very, that's long, a really good description. Yeah. Long penisy looking thing, essentially with the tentacles and the teeth. They're gross, like on their best day. Um, and then on top of being a bummer to look at their defense mechanism is to secrete a thick mucus like slime. According to new Atlas quote, the slime consists of two components, thread like proteins and mucin, Muse, yes, mucin, a gelatinous lubricant. Inside the animal, the threads, which are only 12 nanometers in width, but up to 15 centimeters in length, are tightly coiled. When the slime is shot out into seawater, the proteins holding them together dissolve and the threads spring open. This unique mechanism means that a small tube of slime, gross phrase, could quickly expand into a large underwater defensive shield. I mean... I too can secrete a thick mucus like slime. But it's. I don't know why I didn't foresee that coming. But but it's not, not quite a defense mechanism. No, not a great defensive shield, as it turned out. If anything, maybe the opposite. Uh, by the way, this unsurprisingly means that the U.S. Navy is trying its darndest to harness hagfish slime for various purposes, such as ballistics protection, firefighting, anti-fouling, diver protection, and anti-shark spray. But in the life of the hagfish itself, the gel wards off predators like sharks primarily because it gets all up in their gills and clogs them, Mm. which makes them just more of a pain in the ass to eat than they're worth. Yeah. They also secrete the gel when they are stressed. So like when they find themselves suddenly sprawled out on a highway, for example. Yep. Um, And according to National Geographic, it's pretty difficult to move these guys at all without triggering, triggering the slime response. So that truck was probably full of slime aquariums before it even, you know, turned over. Uh, but they also like to get all goopy when they're feeding on stuff like whale carcasses Uh, because it prevents other scavengers from, uh, wanting in on the action. So Mm. they will straight up pour slime all over the carcass. Basically like when you spit in your ice cream so that your sibling won't eat it and nothing else will come and eat it. It's very effective and very gross. Uh, this technique i'm gonna call it of secreting something foul to ward off predators is it's a tried and tested you know the animals love it mm. um yes uh you ever, oh my god i'm looking at one of these fuckers now they're minging you ever seen a turkey vulture Ugh, yes they're gross skexies looking bastards yeah yes. they are some proper dark crystal looking lads um obviously uh, the name vulture does give away that they mainly feed on corpses they feed on carrion they feed on carcasses and when threatened whilst eating have a tendency to release a stream of vomit which can travel up to 10 feet no come on i'm serious i'm serious they can uh, heave stomach contents up to 10 feet away to deter uh 
potential kind of either predators or, 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 or other vultures from stealing their meal. They will vom squirt at you. Which is sick, dude. Yeah, quite. quite so it's literally. like they just see someone encroaching and they're like, nah, <laughs> bleh, and just just go all Linda Blair on them and yak at them. I mean, that'd work. If someone peeked oh, at me, I would back off. I yeah, would, absolutely. I would look elsewhere for my meal. Just one more, because it's occurred to me, interestingly, that I've developed a defense mechanism of my own. Uh, I hope it's not like no, anything. No, I'm not, just I'm not secreting any fucking slime. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, just briefly, um, there are a few. Uh, and I think of, in many ways, I think of some insects as being, and I, I think I might have used this phrase on the cast before, as the closest we have to alien beings on Earth. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Insect society, for want of a better word, insect behavior is so ruthless and so fucking alien and so kind of imperceptible to us from an emotional kind of, you know, uh, uh, perspective. Right. Um, there's an uh, 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 an ant and a species of termite, right? Hive creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, quote unquote, social creatures. But this species of termite is fascinating. Uh, they are uh, Neocapritermes terracua, this termite. Okay. You have done so many R rolls today. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they spend their life growing... Uh, a kind of a sack in their abdomen of a blue. Why are you pointing at your back when you? Oh, I'm just gesticulating. This isn't. I'm not. I'm not trying to indicate where the sack is because that's not my abdomen. Oh. That's, oh. that's, that's my yeah. back. I was very confused. Um, I'm just wildly gesticulating because I love <laughs> these animals. Uh, they they fill this sack with a kind of a blue crystalline toxin within their within mm -hmm. their stomach cavity. Right. The older this termite lives, the larger. And more toxic this sack gets, right? Uh -huh. Now, this is the awesome thing. When threatened, when the hive is threatened, they can inject another chemical into this sack and cause it to explode. What? I shit you not. I shit you not. Ex this, this is this is an ant? This is a termite. A termite. It's like a termite suicide bomber? That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> uh when uh, this this they they uh, catalyze this crystalline substance by using another chemical reaction within their own bodies with two glands that squirt into this other to uh, uh, other compound and cause it to combust. That is fascinating. Yes, it because is because the thing about like insects yeah. and and things like that is is so much of what they do is just like straight instinct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and that's one of the things that makes them so alien to us is that they, they'll move together mm -hmm. in these ways that we can't understand on instinct. They do these things deeply out of instinct mm -hmm. and that I'm like, do they have to think about it or is it just kind of like, Oh, they no like, you know, uh, like fucking winter soldier. Sure. Something clicks and they just like, bah, um, you know, this, this particular term, what makes, what marks it out as being very, very special in the, in the insect kingdom is the fact that. You know, this reaction is done by combining two separate compounds. Right. I think of it like, you know, Die Hard with a Vengeance, that cool as fuck uh, kind of <laughs> resinous bomb, uh, like right. a like an epoxy kind of thing where the bomb mixes and becomes, uh, you know, um, um, volatile. That's exactly right. what this termite is doing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. That's incredible. Isn't incredible. it? Incredible.
<sighs> well, my last one uh, is not quite as combustible as that. Uh, not even the kind of thing that is especially remarkable in and of itself. Mm. But I love it a whole lot. Go on. And that comes from researchers at the University of Sydney, who in 2015 noticed some interesting behavior while observing a Jervis Bay site that they call Octopolis <laughs> because of its octopus activity. Mm. And they noticed that octopuses appeared to be, for lack of a better word, throwing things. And so what they were doing is that they would hold silt algae or objects like shells under their bodies in their tentacles and then they, and they would angle their siphons and shoot a jet of water at the protect projectiles and propel them up to several body lengths Ugh. so not like using their tentacle and throwing something but putting something in a place where their siphon yeah, could sure. blast it squirting right? it out yeah yeah so at first they weren't sure if this was like intentional or why they were doing this. But if you know anything about octopuses, they are like super smart. Yeah, they really are. Uh, yeah. And so they realized with more observation that it definitely was on purpose. And further, it seemed to be a way that annoyed female octopuses were warding off advances from horny males. <laughs> so in 2016, for instance, one female octopus threw silt 10 times at a male from a nearby den who was <laughs> attempting to mate with her. She hit him on five occasions. On four of these occasions, the male tried to duck, though he didn't always succeed. Which is, again, octopuses are so smart. They're yeah, like yeah. learning. They're like, yeah. oh, 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 you can't get me with your, your silt. Uh, so he anticipated the throws from the female's movement and started dodging before the silt was propelled at him. When targeting others, the octopuses were more likely to throw silt than shells, and the throws were also more vigorous. So, like, things that weren't octopuses. If they were trying, they would, like, shoot it at other stuff. They would mm. throw shells at octopuses. Silk. So, not trying to hurt them. Just kind of be like, no. fuck off, dude. Yeah. You know? um, uh, in addition, the throws used during den building were almost always shot between the two front tentacles. When throwing at others, however, the octopuses sometimes angled the throw between the first and second tentacles on the left or right, which suggests a kind of targeting. Sure. <laughs> on one occasion though the researchers did see an octopus throw a shell at and hit another octopus by flinging it with a tentacle like a frisbee rather than using its uh siphon i just love mm. that female octopuses get so annoyed with dudes that they figured out a way to throw stuff at well them. yeah i mean isn't isn't that one of the markers of intelligent behavior in animals the ability to use external stuff for a reason right use tool. tools exactly exactly yeah that's exactly what that is throwing tools at tools well played hey. anyone else on your list oh Mark? well you feel good about that i do i feel great about that <laughs> to quote my co-host <laughs> um, i tricked you into saying it so my own mechanism that i've evolved oh, right yeah that's right mm -hmm. and uh this came into play whilst driving home last night and i i realized it at the time it was a behavior that i've learned to ward off a threat i drive quite a bit in my job right mm -hmm. and i was out driving quite late last night i was doing a favor for a friend and filming a comedy festival that he was at uh there have been plenty of times when i've not i guess i have i've not quite fallen asleep asleep at the wheel but i've mm -hmm. and anybody who's done this knows how fucking terrifying it is I've nodded off to the point where you get woken up by the rumbling of your tire mm -hmm. underneath something. It's not so... Whoa, fuck. 
And yep, been there. And it's so terrifying because there's very little you can do to stop it. So I've evolved a behavior because this seems to happen to me quite a bit. It's not great. It's not great at all. That. No, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Um, so that's that's a threat I've perceived, and I've evolved a strategy to deal with it. Mm. <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous, but I scream when I'm in the car Just on my own, and scream. I know that I'm falling asleep. I will literally scream out loud ah while I'm driving because <laughs> I figured well even louder than that I will literally scream at the top of my lungs on my own in the car because I've worked out that you can't fall asleep while you're screaming can you <laughs> I mean I've never tried it Try- so I I don't know if that is science You can't fall asleep while you're screaming I I have never fallen asleep whilst screaming and because I'm on I'm in the car on my own and I I don't care about looking like a dick uh I figured, right, how can I not fall asleep? I know, I'll scream. I, I, I also hit myself. I'll slap myself as well. Um, mm. Because you can't fall asleep while you're hitting yourself. I don't know. I feel like you can fall asleep doing any action. Like, mm. the screaming I get, that like that seems harder. But, like, I could definitely fall asleep hitting myself. Because eventually you kind of, like, you get used to emotion or something like that, you know, and you just kind of like, you just stop doing it, Hmm. you know? Cause that's like, you know, when you're driving, you're doing a thing and you get used to it and it stops being like, you're putting any effort into it and you just sort of fall asleep. If I were slapping myself, unless it was like a cha, 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 which would be distracting from driving, I would eventually just stop doing it. it, 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 I I slap myself with some vigor, you know? I will absolutely (laughs) wallop the shit out of my face. But I find... Hey, Joag tip. Uh, if you're hiking, carry bear spray. And if you're falling asleep at the wheel, simply scream at the top or pull of your over lungs. Is the Joag trick. Pull over and take a nap. Isn't it illegal to sleep <laughs> in your car? I mean, when I was in driver's ed, I think that's what they told us to oh, okay. do. Was like, if you're at that point of like, you're gonna, you know you're going to crash into something. If a cop comes over and asks you what you're doing, you'd be like, I was going to crash my car. Mm. They're not going to be like, no, you're going to go. You're going to have to mosey. Yeah. Keep going. And they can watch you hit the guardrail (laughs) a mile down. I scream instead of doing that. And it works. Also a thing that they, I do remember my driving driver's training guy also being like, turn the air conditioning way up. Yes. Because when you're freezing, you know, your body is trying to like fight that um, and you will, you're so uncomfortable that it's harder to sleep. But again, I don't know if that's science or just what my driver's training person is. I say just find a place to sleep. Okay. Maybe I'll do that next. But listen, it's <laughs> so, worked up to now. And so far, you know. yes. It's a hilarious mental image for you just driving and screaming uh, and slapping yourself. But in a way, what is that if not? An organism learning a defense mechanism against a perceived threat. You're basically an octopus. That's exactly what I am. <laughs> At least I'm not a fucking hagfish. You know? That's a good point. <laughs> it is. So friends, no matter what kind of animal you are, we are very happy to have had you along with us. Yes. On this little journey through the horrors of animal defense mechanisms. Science. It's been a science episode of Joag. And we're looking forward to another science episode coming soon. Yeah, a couple of weeks' time. Um, I'll put a call out for these on Twitter and Facebook. But if you've listened this far, and if you have any questions of a scientific nature in mind, we happen to know someone who can ask them. So no topic is off limits. Nothing is too dark. Nothing is taboo. If you've got a question about any kind of dark element of science, I would love 
for you to post it to us so that we can get it all queued up for our Joag Ask a Boffin special coming up in the next few weeks. Yes, which I did receive an Instagram afterwards like, oh my God, am I going to know the questions? And also, uh, she wasn't thrilled with being referred to as a pet boffin. Oh but... shit, I am so sorry. <laughs> Consider that walked right the fuck back. I apologize. Walked back. But yes, we will have her on. We will ask for your questions. Please give us your weirdest and darkest. And it's going to be very fun. Mm. And if you don't give us any, Mark, I'm sure, has... 90 oh, weird questions he'll come up with. Very, very But weird. I'd love to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. So until next time, stay spooky. I'm gonna go secrete the slime. Oh, okay. <laughs>